Welcome to Stewardology, a podcast where two worlds collide. In this show, financial advisor Tim Russell and Reverend Drew Geisey come together to explore the intersection of financial stewardship and theology. Their unique perspectives help Christians and churches understand and apply a biblical framework for everyday financial decisions so Christians everywhere can improve and strengthen their walk with Christ through biblical stewardship. Before we get started, we just wanted you to know that the topics discussed in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations. Investing and investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities and advisory services are offered through Genios Wealth Management, member FINRA and CIPIC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Tim Russell and Drew Geisey. I'm Tim Russell. And I'm Pastor Drew Geisey. And we welcome you to another exciting episode of the, the Stewardology, Stewardology Podcast. Podcast. Well, Tim, details, details, details. I hate the details. Details. I'm sure you've heard this idiom that the <laughs> devil is in the what? The details. He's in the details. Now, from Wikipedia, you know that trusted source that everybody goes running to. Okay, maybe not, maybe so. But this idiom indicates that something may seem simple. But in fact, the details are complicated and likely to cause problems, is mm-hmm. what they say. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna hide some sneaky little trick, you put it in the in the fine print. In the fine print, exactly. When it comes to retirement planning, there's a lot of details. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, you know, Drew, that's right. When you have a retirement plan, it has lots of different details and moving parts, but it if does. it's well-crafted, that retirement plan is going to help you successfully navigate through retirement, regardless of the kinds of you know curveballs that life and retirement throws at you yeah. in an ideal world. Yeah. And in this episode, we're going to be... We're going to be looking at some of those details, and we're actually going to build an actionable checklist for you to kind of follow through your early years, all the way through into the retirement years and the various stages in between. Now, you may be in your 20s and listening to this episode and say, why should I listen to this? It's important to start planning early for retirement. And if you get into the details now and you start working through some of those now, you're going to be less stressed about retirement as you get older. You may be in your 20s, 30s, 40s thinking, I got plenty of time to bring this retirement thing together. And you may. What are the needed things that you need to take care of today in order to actually have it all come together? And that's what today's episode is going to be about. We're going to put some of those details together. Yeah, I would challenge you if you're one of those early career people, 20s, 30s. Ask someone who's in their 50s if they wish mm. they would have started sooner, Yeah, would have started thinking about this. Or did it differently. Yeah. yeah. Either way. You can learn so much wisdom by rather than saying, I've got plenty of time to figure it out, talk to someone who's been down there, who's done it before, and maybe has a different perspective on it than perhaps you do. So please don't tune us out today. Yeah. I think you're going to be incredibly helped no matter which age or stage of your career you find yourself. Yeah. So I want to pull this devil out of the details in this episode here, and I want to put God in the details, because God is the designer of all good and perfect things. And if God is in the details, and we know that God will use this to further his kingdom, and it's also going to help us with our career, our retirement years, and build the family, and we're going to bring great joy to our maker's heart. So before we begin our retirement planning checklist, there's a few first things that we need to touch base on. So Tim, first, what about a retirement plan that somebody can put together that is uniquely Christian? Well, you know, there are a couple different ways that we can answer that question, lenses through which we look at that question. On one level, you can look at it in terms of the nuts and bolts of what you invest in, yeah. right? Your your retirement plan could incorporate an investment plan that seeks to avoid investing in things that are morally offensive to the believer, tobacco, alcohol, casinos, pornography, abortion, and things like that. So you can take a look at episode 35 and 36, and when you see uh, what is and how do you do biblically responsible investing. So uh, y- another way we can look through it is from a big 
picture perspective? Like, mm. what is the whole point of retirement? What are we doing? What's the purpose of work? What's the purpose of our life? What is the mission with which God has called you to this earth, the work with which he has given you to do? So it, are you trying to avoid God's calling to just retire in, you know, luxury and you know that's just your goal to get through life and have you know life doesn't begin until retirement or is there a different perspective that we as a believer should have so we're going to go a little deeper into the to, into that in the next episode but we we want to talk a little bit right now about what am i retiring to or what am i retiring for and there's some good objectives and bad objectives and tim because you're a financial planner can you just touch on that real quick Okay. Yeah. So when you think of retiring, many people think that I'm, I'm retiring from, from, from my work. I'm retiring yeah. from this boss that I don't like and this environment, this industry or whatever I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Fine. That, that could be one aspect of it. But if you base your retirement just on what you're running away from and don't think about what you're running towards, you're probably going to be in a bad scenario. So it's helpful on the outset for us to think, what are some objectives that retirement, that makes retirement worth engaging in or looking for? So some, some bad alternatives, some bad objectives of retirement would just be slothful living sloth. You know, like the little creature that walks really slowly, the DMV worker, you know, uh, I, f- I feel like that in the morning sometimes, Tim. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen Zootopia, you go to the DMV and there's like literally a sloth <laughs> operating the DMV. It's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, like, you know, just slow, lazy, not doing anything. That, that's not the Christian idea no. of of retirement necessarily. We'll talk about what it looks like in a minute. What about storing up treasures in earth? Well, you want to retire, which means I need to have so much money, which means I'm going to take everything I make now and I'm going to build a big portfolio yeah. and a big, um, you know, large, luxurious houses and cars and things sure. like that. I want to maximize my life in retirement, my joy and peace in retirement. Good alternatives – Good objectives, I should say, for retirement would be service. Pursue your calling in new and creative ways. We, we can look at generosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can yeah. look to use your time, your talents, and your treasures in retirement to serve the kingdom and to serve others. How about storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven? It kind of ties in with both the service and the generosity that mm-hmm. we just mentioned, but you can, in retirement, use all of those, the giftings, the mm-hmm. experience, the wisdom, and the knowledge that God has given you. And as you serve others, as you give from what God has given to you, you are storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven, laying hold of that which is truly life, yeah. we see from First Timothy chapter 6. And it's usually the people in that age that if they, if they have planned well and done well, they usually have additional resources, and they can actually be even more generous to kingdom work because yes. they realize yeah. they, that they've, they've been wise with what they have, and now mm-hmm. they can spend generously to kingdom purposes mm-hmm. in these upcoming mm-hmm. days. So it's pretty good. There's a great passage of scripture that I want to kind of start off with when we start thinking about this checklist, and that's 1 Timothy 5.8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You know, this passage speaks to the ongoing stewardship responsibility to your family, not just for today, but also in the future. And our desire here at Stewardology Podcast is to help you as a good steward to be able to think through and take those next steps needed so that you can retire successfully. It's interesting in the context of that verse, Timothy is uh, being admonished by Paul about how to deal with widows, how yeah. to deal with those who are truly alone. And and it basically says, look, you are supposed to provide for your own. You're mm-hmm. supposed to do everything you can to, um, you know, to, to serve the kingdom for sure, but also to make sure that you're meeting your, your basic essential living expenses both now and into the future. But if you fail to do that, that's when the church comes in and, and picks up the difference. Amen. The key here is that our first objective is not to um, spend everything we have on riotous living, so to speak, and right. let the church pick up the the pieces when everything falls apart. We are to be diligent and purposeful with the 
pursuit of of meeting our needs. Amen. You're not retiring to do nothing, but it's important to have a plan for what you want your retirement to look like. And we're going to tackle that in our next episode. But for this episode, we're going to take a look at Christian retirement planning checklists. And we're going to we're going to break this down into various stages of life. So if you're a 20-something or a 60-something, we're going to have some clear, actionable steps to help you move forward. So, Tim, when we were processing this, we decided that there needed to be an overarching all-stages-of-life piece, and we wanted to put that right up front here. So, yeah, so yeah, Tim, yeah. what's our very first thing that in all stages of life someone ought to be doing? Engaged in, yeah. yes. Well, so th- there are two things, first of all, that I think are are universal to the process. And the first is that within the abundance of counselors, there is wisdom. We need to, especially when thinking about planning and saving, preparing for the future, preparing for retirement, it would be wise to meet with someone to make sure that you find out what you don't know you didn't know. Yeah. Certainly about taxes and about planning, about investment options and so forth and so on. So the first thing we want you to do is we recommend get a stewardship review or meet with a financial advisor to make sure that you understand the landscape in which you're you're operating in. What are the rules that you have to play by? There, there are certain taxes that can be maximized or minimized, right? Yeah. If you, based on your planning, if you aren't planning well, you, you pay a lot of taxes. If you do better planning, you pay le- less taxes. Why is that important? Well, obviously, the less tax you pay, the more you have to retire with and the more you have to do and to give to the Lord's work. So have a stewardship review. You can go to your web, go to our website, the stewardologypodcast.com forward slash review, and you can sign up for your free stewardship review, which is no obligation. We're not going to try to sell you something. We simply want to help you think through what does retirement planning look like? You're in your twenties. We, we can at least start talking about that. And if you're right. in your fifties and sixties, you know, we can really start thinking through concretely what it's going to look like and anywhere in between anywhere yeah we can this is this is what this is for so and you don't have to just reach out to us there are others who can who can help you with that but obviously we're here we're talking to you you're listening to us so yeah give us a shot and that's that's basically what i wanted to say if you want to have a trusted professional that's a term that we like to use and if you don't have one and you've been listening to us for any length of time we may be that trusted professional so consider reaching out to us through our website. We'd be glad to be yeah. able to jump in there and, and help you out with that. Okay. So the second thing yeah. is first, have a review. Find out what you don't know that you didn't know, yeah. what you didn't know that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then number two, have a spending plan. A spending plan, it's a budget. Yeah. Fan- fancy <laughs> word. Like four-letter word, right? It's, it's something yeah. no one likes. <laughs> uh, some some people need very robust, detailed budgets. Uh, others have more loose yeah. budgets that they have operating in their head and they kind of know what they have going on, regardless of where you are in your income and your assets and your stage of life. It's very helpful to have a plan for how you're going to prioritize your spending. And that's to us what a budget's all about. Yeah, How are you prioritizing where your money goes? When it comes to saving and investing for the future, there are almost always more buckets that you are able to fund than you have money to fund all of the buckets. So how do you prioritize that? Is is the $10 latte um, as important as you know putting money away into the Roth IRA? Well, let's prioritize mm-hmm. the, the current needs to, to have your caffeine fix versus the future <laughs> need of being able to retire and not live with your kids. Sure. Um, these are important considerations. So have a spending plan. There are a couple options or a couple uh, episodes that we'd like for you to look at. Um, we talk about this in our five biblical priorities, um, some of our first episodes. You can go back and take a look at episodes 16 and 17. We talk about a spending plan and a budget. We've got lots of resources. Go to our website, go to the search feature, type in budget, and you'll see probably 15, 20 different episodes addressing different aspects of budgeting. So if I can kind of capsulize that in all stages of life, make sure you have a stewardship review. And secondly, have a spending plan that actually works for you. 
So am I right in saying those two things yes. for all stages of life? Yes. So let's jump in. Let's talk about the early career stage. We're talking the 20-somethings, maybe a little later on. What is some of the top things that they ought to take care of, Tim? Oh, man. So if we're talking about retirement planning. Yeah, checklist. We don't got checklists In order here. to retire, you have to have a certain amount of money. The problem is you don't have any money. You have lots of debt when you're in your early career. This is why it's really important for you to have, number one, life insurance. Mm. The early career person, when thinking about retirement, one of the strategies you need to accomplish is making sure that you have adequate life insurance coverage. We do have an episode 63 where we talk about life insurance. Uh, we, we can talk about different types. There's whole life and term insurance, and you'll find people who are huge advocates for whole life and yep. huge advocates for term. I would argue at this point, if you're in your early career, you need the insurance you need the protection for your family. So term is just cheaper sure. and you can get a whole lot more coverage and protection for a whole lot less money, yeah. allowing you to budget and prioritize your dollars to pay down debts and to build your reserves and your savings. So I would encourage you to move more towards term. I think that makes more sense. How much do you need? A fantastic question. Yeah. If if you earn $4,000, $5,000 a month, you may want to think about having a million-dollar term policy. How long do you need it? Well, if you are you know, in your 20s, yeah. give yourself 20 to 30-year term. That'll get you into your 40s and 50s. That's a good long-term to make sure that you have protection and coverage. If you're in your 30s and 40s, maybe you don't need as much coverage. It really depends on how much you have in terms of debt and assets and how much income you really need to backfill that. And I w would you also factor in if you have kids and how, the, how old the youngest of the kids are, how, the length of time you would want for insurance? Would you factor that in somewhat? Yeah, very possibly, yes. Yeah. Uh, there, are, you know, there are questions about does does the other spouse do both spouses work? Yeah. Um, because if we have one that's a stay at home, you your need for insurance is even greater. Yeah. Because you know, if if the primary income earner passes away, that that stay at home mom. Is or, or stay at home dad. I'm not yeah. throw, I, mean, I know a couple of those. So uh, I got some family members that way. Who who who's staying at home, not making a lot of money. They're not going to be able to go out and make as much as the spouse who passed away made. Exactly. Most likely. Therefore, having insurance is really really beneficial. So next, they need to knock down student loan debt <laughs> as, as quickly as they can. They yeah. and they got to cut down their lifestyle, yeah. make yeah. large payments to student loans as best as they can. First thing I'd say is avoid student loan debt as much as you can. Yeah. And if you have it, then you've got to make some really tough and important prioritization decisions yeah. about reducing your lifestyle, maximizing the amount of your income that you put towards student loans, because you do not want to have those student loans following you the rest of your life. Knock them out. Yeah. Pay them off. This, is, this has become the number two cause of people having financial troubles or challenges. The number one is really consumer debt and the credit cards. People just keep spending and spending. But with this in mind, I, recently I was connecting with a, with a, a couple, and they're older than me. I'm 58. And they are still carrying student loan debt at wow. this age. Wow. So it's time to take a shift in that, and let's try to knock that down as early as you can. What's the next one, Tim? Third, well, opt into your employer's retirement plan. So you work for a company. They've got a 401k, simple IRA, or some other form of retirement plan. You should consider getting into that plan as soon as you are eligible to do so. That means that when you become eligible, um, they may offer what's considered a employer match. So if you put in a certain amount of money, they'll match up to a certain amount. So in our company here, we've talked about this in the podcast before, if our employees put in 5% of their salary into our 401k, we'll match it 4%. We'll do dollar for dollar for the first three and then 50 cents on the dollar for the next 2%. So it equals out 5% in, we'll match with four. That is an example. Any of my employees, if you have an, empl uh, an employer that does a similar thing, 
they you would be very wise to jump in to take advantage of that put in your at least your five so that you're getting a match it's like having nine percent of your income go towards retirement savings and think about compound interest over time it's just gonna add up and then tim on behalf of tyler and me we both want to say thank you so much for that free money right tyler he's giving me the thumbs up over there so we appreciate that and then also, they ought to fund a Roth IRA at this stage of life. Tim, talk to, talk to us about that. Can I go back to what you just said about free money? You worked for that. And well, and I thank you for saying that. I thank you. Put that in there because you guys work hard for me. Well, I appreciate that. And and this is I would argue if you're an employer out there, and you're you're listening to this, you owe it to your team members not to just give them a paycheck, but to also help them think about what they're going to do when they're no longer working for you. It is it is a moral obligation of an employer, in my opinion. I know we have a handful of uh, men and women that own their own businesses listening to this podcast. So, Tim, speak yeah. loud and clear to yeah. them about that. That's a That's a key piece. So, All right. So you so, wanted to ask about Roth IRAs, right? Yes. Let's let's go back to so, that. So, okay. Let's say your employer has a 401k, but they don't offer a match. Mm. Um, you can consider using a Roth IRA instead. Uh, honestly, even with a 401k, I should go back and should say, with a 401k retire, retirement plan for most employers, they offer a Roth component. Uh, I would encourage you to get into a Roth component for retirement savings almost universally, regardless of where your income is and where your um, whether it's in a 401k or just outside in your own on an IRA. Let me explain Roth for a minute. Roth versus traditional. I was just going to ask you that. Roth back up. Traditional means that if I make $50,000, I put $5,000 away, I'm taxed as if I made 45. Does that make sense? So I make 50, I put, I save five for retirement in a traditional type of an account, 401k or traditional IRA. I'm only taxed as if I made 45. So I get a tax break today. That's helpful. All of that money grows tax deferred, which means that compound interest still comes into play and there's no taxation on capital gains and dividends and all of that stays inside the account. The only time you would ever be taxed on that account is when you start to draw money out. And in retirement, allowing compound interest, you could have a sizable amount of money and you have to start drawing that money out and you pay taxes on every dollar you pull. Now, in a Roth scenario, you put money in after tax. You make 50, you put five in, you pay taxes on 50. You get no tax break right now. But it grows in compounds, not tax deferred. It grows entirely tax free. And when you allow the power of compounding to really have its effect on those Roth dollars, we could be talking about a significant growth that is entirely tax-free for you. Wow, that's wonderful. I love Roth. I I personally am putting all of my retirement contributions into the Roth side, so I would encourage you to do the same. If you don't have an employer plan, you can go and open up your own individual Roth IRA. You can open it up at any of the the big mutual fund companies out there, the the Vanguards, Fidelities, the Schwabs of the world. Uh, and you can just pick a retirement dated fund, a retirement date based in the year in which you expect to retire. Right. It's not a great option. I don't love retirement date plans as a rule, but for someone who doesn't know what they're doing with investing, at least it gets starter. them moving in the right direction. Good starter. Yes. There, there's a couple more caveats I need to say. One additional thing you need to know is that there are income limits to how much to, to your ability to contribute to a Roth IRA. So if you make more than a certain amount of money, that money, that amount changes every year, you are ineligible to contribute to a Roth IRA. Um, There are other options like backdoor Roths, but I'm not going to get into those now. Uh, And there are contribution limits. So you can't put in $100,000 a year. You could only put in $6,500 right now or $7,500 if you're over 50. So be aware of some of the limitations with those plans. Drew, back to you. Yeah. So let's say my my employer does offer the Roth 401k. Can I also put into a regular Roth IRA 
also at and put into both? Is that possible, Tim? Oh, it's absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. The, the, the caveat is within the Roth 401k, you're allowed to contribute up to, depending on your age, like $22,500 or $23,500 or more if you're over 50. Right. So for most people, they would be able to to contribute as much as they could afford to contribute to the Roth IRA right and probably not max it out. Right. Um, Roth 401k. 401k. Uh, if you get to a point where you still need to put money away in retirement, the Roth IRA is a really good option. So you can do both. Yeah. The, the, the reason you would want to use a Roth IRA as opposed to Roth 401k would be A, if you need the money sooner, you can always take your contribution mm. out of a Roth IRA. You have to leave the growth in there until you're past 59 and a half. And the money's been in for over five years. With a uh, the other reason you want to use a traditional a traditional a Roth IRA rather than a four hundred one k would be if if your investment options are just terrible in your mm. retirement plan. Or you, with a IRA or Roth IRA, you can use any investment options, sure, any that are available you know within the universe that you're you're operating in. So Vanguard, Schwab, Fidelity, you can probably access almost anything: stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Anything you like. So we're talking about early career stage, checklists, things to do. The next thing on our list is establish an estate plan. You should have a will. If you're married, both of you need to have one. You got to get the powers of attorney, health care, and financial power of attorney. And those are critical documents, especially if you have kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you want to make sure that things are well taken care of if something would happen. If I'm going to put this in a pecking order. I I think getting the life insurance is something you should do job number one right on the outset. Make sure you're covered. Uh, Maybe a second priority after that might be to start working on your legal documents. As soon as you own assets, as soon as you own a home, a car, bank accounts, if you have children for crying out loud, you need to have a will. It needs to be in place. A will and a power of attorney. That's what we mean by an estate plan. Um, But I would also encourage you to start the retirement savings via the 401k or the Roth IRA. So I, I don't say that you have to get one checked off before you move to the next one. You can work on them at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Yes. But in terms of the overall prioritization, I think estate planning, we might come a little sooner. Sure. At least getting basic documents together for an early stage person. And you can just go to a good lawyer and they can take care of it. And we recommend within five years, make sure after you have it done, blow the dust off it, take a look at it, make sure everything's yeah, up to speed. Review it every five years. That would be wise. Yeah. Also, the other thing is at this stage of career, they need to minimize and avoid consumer debt. Yeah. So we're paying off your your loans, right? Your school loans, but we also need to minimize and avoid other debts. So if you have consumer debt, car loans, A, avoid any additional, and B, knock them down, pay them off. Any debt's going to slow you down in terms of your ability to pursue whatever calling God has placed in your life. Wow. Say that again, Tim. That that was really good. Debts limit your ability to pursue the calling that God has placed on your life. I'm telling you, so true that is. I I saw that in my years of Bible college with with what happened with many uh, classmates. Also, the debt... It's basically going to put you behind as having a lower standard of living in the future because you're borrowing from your future to build your your things today. Yeah, specifically what we mean by that is when you borrow money, you always have a lower standard of living because you now have more – demands on your income. Yeah. You have more of your income, which you do not have control of, which by definition lowers your standard of living. Yeah. Also, we want to start funding, if you have children, an education fund, a higher education fund. So, and for some people, I talk to them, it's very idealistic to try to factor this in. So Tim, talk to us briefly about this. (sighs) You know, I said you always have more buckets than you have money. That's exactly what the, uh, this so is one of those buckets. He, yeah, here's here's the deal. If you have limited funds, I want you to focus on retirement savings before college savings. Yeah. Agreed. If you have the funds, you certainly should be prioritizing putting some money aside for 401 I'm sorry, 529 plans, college retirement savings plans because it allows you to build tax-free vehicles to fund 
higher education, limiting the amount of student loans. If you're still paying off your student loans, you probably don't have the excess funds to put towards a 529. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. If you have it, this is where you'd want to do it. The sooner you start with retirement savings, the better off you're going to be. And, and, and grandma and grandpa, if you're listening to this, this is a good opportunity for you to offer savings incentives for your younger, early stage career, early career stage uh, children. Mm-hmm. If they're, you know, they're they're knocking down their student loans, if they put some money towards retirement Roth IRAs or put money towards uh, 529s, you consider offering a dollar for dollar match up to a certain number if you have the ability to do so. It incentivizes them to make the hard decisions, to forgo certain um, lifestyle type expenses so that they can get that match to build their retirement or to build the the college fund they have for their kids. Yeah. We get into detail with that in episode 26. So if you want to dive deeper into that, jump back to that episode and we have a lot of good information there. So let's shift mid-career stage. One of the top things we have here is pay extra on the mortgage. Talk to us about that, Tim. Well, yeah. Uh, one of the goals that we have towards everyone, and we'll, we'll talk about this again in a minute, is that we want you to be debt-free as you enter retirement. So one of the ways you do that is you don't all of a sudden get to 60 and decide, well, I want to be debt-free and I'm going to put a gajillion dollars a month on my mortgage to pay it off. You start early, put extra towards your mortgage. It, if you're paying $1,200 a month, in a mortgage. If you do an extra $100 a month, you're essentially putting one additional mortgage payment every year on your mortgage. That's helpful. Yeah. If you do $200 a month, that's like making two extra mortgage payments a year and that all goes towards principal. The more you pay towards principal, the less you pay on interest, yep. the sooner your mortgage will be paid off. Yeah. So that's what we want to do in that. And then Another thing, we just mentioned it moments ago, review your estate plan. You've you've gotten one done. You had it accomplished a few years earlier. Let's jump in and let's blow the dust off it, take a look at it, and let's make sure – Every all the moving parts are still operational. The people are there. And- Specifically, you want to look at some of the roles that you have, especially yeah. for your kids. You may have listed. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I listed my uh, sister and brother-in-law uh, to take care of my boys. Uh, my boys, uh, Josh in particular, I think he had some um, was diagnosed with autism, so he became a little bit more of a complicated child to to parent. And then my my sister and brother-in-law had. A number of kids, more kids than I certainly expected them to have. So we had to go back to the drawing board mid-career and think about well, what's the right place for us to to place our children. Interesting. We had to yeah. revisit that sure. based on the realities, of not only the individuals that we had named in our will, but also our reality. Yeah. And praise God, he's past 18 and he's doing well. He's got his driver's license now. Yay. So, you know, that's no longer an issue for him, but it's still an issue that many people should evaluate and consider. Wonderful. The next thing is increase your 401k contributions or other retirement uh, contributions that you have. Yeah. This is a great way. When you get a raise, take the raise in the retirement plan. Yeah. You know, if you get a two or 3% raise, maybe put that towards retirement and keep your standard of living where it is, assuming you're able to do that with inflation. I know sometimes that can be hard or challenging in different contexts. And if you're not putting the whole thing in, put something extra in, something. You got to do something. So, and then one, one of my fun things is buy cars in cash and avoid the car loans. You know, cash is king when it comes to car purchases and avoid as best as you can at all costs the financing because it's just going to rack up the the end cost of the vehicle. A lot of people don't feel that this is doable because they feel like given where they are in their stage, they've earned the right to drive the new cars, the fancy cars, to have the luxury and all of that. And who has honestly $50,000 sitting around to drop on a new vehicle? And it's more than that many times. Sure, sure. Well, here's here's the thing. I understand that. Yeah. I want you to be able to get to that point, but I don't want you to have to carry a car payment behind you for years and years and years paying Five, off that, six, that seven, depreciating eight. asset. Yeah. So rather than doing the car loan, I would rather you go get a later model used vehicle. 
I know with COVID that kind of got a little wonky. It's getting better now. It, it's it's leveled out it's a getting little better bit. Now. Not perfect, but leveled. Get a later model used vehicle. The depreciation someone has already paid for. You get a decent vehicle, reliable vehicle that's still got a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah. But you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for it. And if you still have to finance some of it, which I want you to avoid, but if you still have to finance it, it's going to be less than what you would have had to do had you gotten a new vehicle. And Lord willing, you can pay it off faster and build up your nest egg to buy your next vehicle. Right. In cash. Yeah, that's that's a key piece. So we talk about that also in episode number 25, where we dive deep in how to becoming a good steward with buying and selling your vehicles that you need to get around. So jump back to episode 25 and review yeah. that one. Also, let's talk about reviewing life insurance mm-hmm. needs at mm-hmm. this stage. Tim, yes. t- talk to us about that. Well, your, your debt hopefully is going down. Your assets are going up. But Also, your income is going up. Do you have enough insurance to replace your income when you go? Typically, for every $250,000 of insurance that you have, you can replace about $1,000 a month in income. So if if you need to replace $8,000 a month in income, you may want to have a million dollars in assets. If you have $500,000 saved you may need to look at having 1.5 million in insurance. Mm-hmm. That's where term again is going to be a whole lot more affordable. You can do that. I, I'm, I'm mid career stage myself. Uh, I recently went out and I purchased uh, for the, the business doing a buy sell here for the, for the business. I purchased a $1.5 million life insurance policy. I got preferred best uh, and 20, 15 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm paying 800 bucks a year, 700 bucks a year. It's, it's not a ton, Tim. That's very reasonable, very reasonable. And it, yeah, it's, it's a sizable amount of money. Yeah. So I, I'm healthy. I'm young enough. That it's still, you know, still working for me. Sure. But this is why in this early stage, it's a great time to review because you don't have some of the preexisting medical conditions mm-hmm. that others may have, which makes insurance so much more yeah. expensive. Um, so I would also with this throw in one additional sub point to that. Yeah. Get life insurance. Take care of your body. Join a gym. Make sure that you're handling your cholesterol and your blood pressure because this is where we get so busy in life that we forget about taking care of our bodies. True. We spend all of our time and money and and health to be able to grow our careers and to grow our assets. And then when we get old, we spend all of our money to try to regain our health. Yeah. Don't make that mistake. Absolutely. Let's talk about education funding plan under this category also of this mid-career time. Yes. Uh, let, let's talk about it. We have kids that now they're probably starting to move toward this higher education part. Tim, what, what, what do you do at this stage of, of uh, career? Well, I mean, the priorities really comes to uh, we want to avoid co-signing on loans. Uh, we want to avoid trying to get them into the trap of having massive amounts of education. So if your kids are looking to go into college, they're trying to um, plan, how much are you going to pay? Have a conversation. Make sure your kids know what your plan and yeah. your abilities are and talk to them about managing their debts and expectations for how they're going to pay for school. Does it make sense to spend $80,000 a year to go to their dream school or would it make more sense to pay $30,000 a year to go to a like a B-tier school that gives a great education that's just a whole lot more bang for your buck? Sure. Talk about those things. Yeah. And talk early, not not at the last minute. And not every kid needs to go into college yeah. to get a career. I was talking to my son. He he was telling me that he's looking at possibly doing timber framing for a company that does like like a barns and things like that out of like whole timber like tr- trunks, right? right? And uh, they were telling him that they may uh, pay their workers right out of high school, no no like pre training. Mm-hmm all on the job training, they get up to $100,000 a year doing that work. Wow. That boggles my head, my brain. I, I can't even imagine how, how they can do that. But if it's true, I mean, rather than walking out of school with hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars in debt, walking out with a job that'll start out paying that. Yeah. And choose to live, at, be, choose to live at some, home for a year or two. That could be pretty good. There could be some really 
uh, powerful ways to help our kids get a leg up, even without college. I know that might be blasphemy to some people, but it's better than the debt. We're going to talk about co-signing loans in an upcoming episode. So in episode 141, we're going to be tackling that. But also we want to talk about in this this situation is not dipping into retirement savings to pay for education. Yes, Tim, I have sat down with so many couples since I've been part of the Life Institute and walked through a stewardship review with them and have found out that they have dipped deep into their retirement savings to actually pay for children's educations. So what a setback. Yes. There are a couple caveats. One of the strategies that certain people will use is a Roth IRA for college funding. Mm-hmm. You can always take out your contributions from a Roth IRA to pay to pay for anything, including tuition, without penalties or taxes. Mm -hmm. So the thought here is, well, you put the money in for your retirement, all the growth you get to keep, and you can take out the principal to pay for the college for your kids, and it doesn't show up on FAFSA. If that's part of your plan, again, I don't love it because I don't want you to short circuit or shortcut yourself in terms of your own retirement preparation and ability to handle things. If you put all your money and energy towards your kids' college expenses, then you may have to end up moving in with one of your kids in retirement because you may not have enough assets to stay retired. Yeah. We actually had to talk to a couple about that. They spent everything they had to take care of their kids and education and said, pick which one you need to jump in with because that's where you're going to be. Sad but true. Tim, I know you had a conversation with someone recently about retirement savings and they were doing fantastically well. And you actually turned to them and said, go spend some money. Talk to us about that, Tim. Oh, in the mid mid stage career, there are some individuals who have been living conservatively. They're they're not spending a ton. They save a lot, and here they are. They're they're maybe what forty years old, and they've got eight hundred thousand dollars. If you just do the math on eight hundred thousand dollars at forty, they're at one point six by the time they're fifty. They're at uh, three point two by the time they're sixty. Mm-hmm. You follow me here? Like they're on a good trajectory without adding additional dollars to their retirement savings. I, I, they're living super frugally. I'm telling them, guys, it's okay to pause or slow down some of your retirement savings mm-hmm. and actually enjoy your family now because your kids are only young once Yeah, and invest in some memory. So if that happens to be you, feel free to to maybe take off the pressure from the gas and enjoy the life and the family that God has given you. Use the money to be able to do that. Let's now jump on over to the late career stage. So this is, you're in that last quarter of your working days. Uh, it is good, if not imperative, you for you to follow some of these checkpoints that are here. And first one is review retirement plan and also the readiness with a financial advisor. Tim, why is that such a critical piece? Well, again, we talked about you don't know what you don't know. There are so many things at play at this stage, so many decisions that you make that could have dramatic impact on on the amount of taxes that you pay. I'll give you one example. I had one gentleman who retired, cashed out his 401k, walked into me and said, hey, Mr. Russell, uh, I just retired and I'm ready to invest. I'm like, great. Well, where's your 401k? I cashed it out. Here's the check. Oh, ouch. Like you just paid 20, 30% in taxes. Oh my. And now you got all this money that's in a taxable account that's going to be kicking out capital gains and dividends all along. And he did this all to avoid taxes in the future. He oh thought my. he was making a wise move. It was actually one of the one of the poorest decisions he could have made from wow. a long-term planning perspective, but he didn't know. He just had an idea in his head and he decided to act on the idea without having any concept of the longer term impacts on his retirement and taxes. So he would have been well suited to have a conversation with me a couple years before he chose to retire, helping to prevent him from making catastrophic decisions that were going to make taxes be a lot higher and his own enjoyment in retirement be a lot lower. So talk to a professional. Next thing is 
Where at the time, instead of yeah. adding more to the mortgage, now we got to pay it off. Knock that knock thing out. So talk to us about that, Tim. Yeah, goal here: be tax tax free. That'd be nice. Be debt free by the time you get to retirement. Pay off your mortgage. Yeah. This is the time to do it. Yeah, and then there should actually be a formidable on paper potentially spending plan for those for those retirement days that they can actually kind of map oh, okay. out. Okay. So here's where we're talking about we have a boots on the ground budget. This is this month's budget spending plan. What yeah. are we spending our money on? But we also now need to think about well what about in retirement yeah. whenever that is like 2 years or 3 years what are my expenses right now what are my income sources in the future what do i likely expect to be spending money on in the future so we can actually start forecasting uh, building in a projection for what our cash flow would look like in retirement the closer you are to retirement the more we're going to have real numbers and not just guesses when we're in mid stage career we talk about a certain percentage of your take home pay maybe right. 80% or 70 percent of your pay. That should be what you should have as a goal for retirement. Uh, but when we get closer to retirement, we get some real numbers based on what social security, a pension, uh, 401k withdrawals or IRA withdrawals that you'll have or even part-time to supplement work. your living expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Part-time work as well. So, and I think this is an important piece because it still ha gives you a handful of years to make any needed corrections yeah. or adjustments. Is that right, Tim? Absolutely. And this is where having those conversations, having a stewardship review with someone to be able to make sure that you've got your your ducks in a row and that you can make those mid-course corrections should you need to. Yeah. And then we want, also want to have another checkbox is have a stewardship plan for maintaining your property through yes. your retirement yes. years. Um, we mentioned earlier, it's good to consider maybe downsizing, not just to reduce costs, but for many, it's to alleviate the property maintenance for those larger homes that absorbs the time of your younger years. So consider putting a plan together that includes a time when you can maybe no longer live in your current home and you need to downsize either home and or property, what's it going to look like? Where would you go? What would yeah. be your needs? Those are all good questions. Yeah. Are you going to move into a community that has continuous care or you know allows you to be independent now, but also has a full spectrum of care levels yeah. should you need more care? Or are you going to move in with a kid? Yeah. Are you going to move into a like a 50 and up community, 55 and up community where it's simple and one floor and less... Uh, you know, you don't have to shovel as much. Yeah, yeah, a lot of options. Long-term care insurance, Tim, is another another checkbox to kind of look into at this at this bracket. Yeah, yeah, long-term care. Like when you're within maybe fifty-five to sixty-five, it's the sweet spot to look at long-term care. Ideally, you want to look at it before you have pre-existing conditions that are going to make it impossible or unaffordable. The long-term care insurance options are now finally starting to look attractive. Really? We are seeing some much better options out there. Um, there are two basic scenarios. You, you can do the pay-as-you-go kind of um, homeowner's insurance long-term care. Mm -hmm. If you don't use it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. These are the kind of policies that have had significant rate hikes over the years. So I've got policies I've sold and I'm, my clients bring policies that they've bought from other individuals into me where they're having to make very difficult decisions about reducing the benefits in their policy in order to keep their rate hikes from being unaffordable. Wow. It's terrible. I, I hate it. Uh, you know, so there are those policies, they still exist. Mm -hmm. um, there are risks. You could see rate increases over time with those policies based on the experience of claims on those policies. The other alternatives are hybrids. They're whole life hybrids. So it's a life insurance policy, which is geared to be able to create a certain long-term care benefit. And the beauty of these is that if you don't use it, you don't lose it. So it has a cash value. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. So if you die and never need the nursing care, your kids, your estate gets a death benefit. However, you have to have a certain amount of cash to be able to afford one of those policies. Yeah. And if you don't have that cash, it's just going to be more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So after long-term care insurance, we check that box looking at that. It's time to revisit your estate plan again. Yeah. 
absolutely jump in there again because you need to review this plan, take a look specifically at the key roles again that people are playing. Specifically look at your executor. Yeah, find out that they're willing to serve. Well, not just that, but you may have listed your brother as an executor, but now your kids are of age, they're well-established, they're they're responsible. Make them part of those key roles. Yeah. Uh, because I, your kids are going to be better suited to do that than, say, a brother who's the same age, maybe even older than you are. Correct. Who may predecease you. So, yes, make sure you have those updated. And then you also want to take a look at any charitable giving that you have set up in your estate plan. If you've moved, you may want to readjust the church that you're going to be giving to. Yes. And yeah. maybe even adjust any any persons within the estate plan that you want to be generous to. And often if you're moving from one state to another, there may be some legal things you got to make sure you got to pan out. For the most part, most part it works across the board yeah. for the most part. You can move from one state to another state and the, the will will still be valid. Yeah. So, and if you haven't done your will or redone the will, we'll put it this way, 30, 40 years, it may be good to just draft a new one because laws change through the years and let's make sure everything's up to speed. Yeah. A good example of that would be now wills and powers of attorney give access and authorization to to access a digital assets. Yeah. So Facebook accounts or social media accounts or, um, you know, digital movies email. purchased. Well, yeah. Email, like how to have access to your emails. Cause you know, used to be executors would just check the mail and get yeah. all the bills in the mail. But now if everything's coming electronically to your email, yeah, your executor needs to have access to your email to see what kind of emails are coming in there to make sure they're catching all the bills. And that's a critical piece, Tim. And a lot of people don't think yeah. of that digital aspect. So let's kind of bring this together. Planning out your retirement now and even going through a checklist to see where you're at and what you need to do to meet your goals is clearly operating with wisdom. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent surely lead to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. If you're moving in this direction if you're and if you're planning ahead just as the scripture stated, And by doing this, you're honoring the Lord and being a good steward of the resources that God has put into your care today. We are then blessing ourselves and our family and even his kingdom. And we're adding such a greater blessing to those around us, knowing that we have all those right pieces in place. And in those later days, I don't want us to ever forget that as God has blessed us, we can be even a, have a greater impact in kingdom work with our time, with our talents, with our treasures, all as we look forward to his glorious return. We'd like to thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Stewardology Podcast. Please share your interesting, exciting, and laughable, actually, really humorous and enjoyable idea, episode ideas by going to stewardologypodcast.com forward slash idea. Take advantage of your free stewardship review by going to stewardologypodcast.com forward slash review. And remember, the best thing you can do if you appreciate what you hear on these episodes is go to your favorite podcast catcher and review the podcast so other people can find us. And go to our website, stewardologypodcast.com, for more additional helpful resources. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain that build it. Thank you for joining us on the Stewardology Podcast, where financial stewardship and theology meet. We'd like to help you take your next steps in biblical financial stewardship. First, subscribe in your podcast provider to get the newest episode delivered to you every week. Next, follow us on social media and visit our website at stewardologypodcast.com. There you can find our social media links and our entire episode archive. Remember, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See you next week on the Stewardology Podcast. Securities and advisory services offered through Genios Wealth Management, member FINRA and SIPC.